uh, I'm not going to lie, in the summertime, in, in, uh, even at the beginning of the year, I honestly, I thought I was going to be, be a Canuck. And, um, you know, I thought I was going to be a, a Canuck for life, um, to be honest with you. And, you know, it just things didn't work out that way. There is the former captain of the Vancouver Canucks, Bo Horvat, now a New York Islander after today he was moved to Brooklyn. Is it is it still Brooklyn or are they back on the island? I don't even know anymore. I guess it's Brooklyn. <laughs> it's uh, it's Dan Richo and uh, Satyar Shah. We're in the Kintec studio, and this hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. The Canucks getting three pieces back in the deal. Anthony Beauvillier, a first-round pick, which is top 12 protected, and Atu Ratu, a second-round draft choice in 2021 play center scored in vancouver earlier this year and uh is another um another text i had just put out there sat uh gave me this as the rundown for atu ratu so still getting more responses as uh, some of my earlier texts are being answered the um the evaluation is a b prospect which as a certainty as an everyday NHLer with potential to make an impact, the most optimistic projection would be a top six player, but most realistic projection would be a middle six guy that could provide some secondary scoring. So uh, that is uh, yet another one of uh, the answers I've got on Atu Ratu and the uh, scouting rundown on him. Yeah, I mean, there are mixed re- reviews here, you know, and I think – What's clear from people I've talked to is that people believe he's going to play in the league. And at the very least, somebody I spoke to, like I mentioned before, believe he's going to be a winger that's going to be able to be strong along the boards and do a lot of good things for a team, but maybe not, you know, the ultimate potential. Is he on the wing? Is he down the middle? Hey, ultimately, we'll find out, you know, that that's kind of where, where we find ourselves. People don't view him as a elite prospect. That's clear. But they view him as somebody who could end up being a second line center or potentially a third line guy. Uh, let's bring in our next guest. He joins us every Monday here on Canuck Central. It is Don Taylor, Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon on Czech TV. Uh, Donnie, when you uh, when you said goodbye on the show today, did you did you have a feeling Bo Horvat was going to be traded? N- not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of cool because everything that Dolly Wall trotted out there as possibilities, none of it came true. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, but no, 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 no inkling, no inkling, and I, I, I say that in jest and out of love, but no inkling that anything uh, was going to happen. And, and you know, Bo Horvat's in Disney World, so I don't know, but I don't know if he had very much of an idea uh, either. But uh, this team just, it, 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 one thing it does well uh, this season is, is make headlights. My God, I can't remember anything like it. No, I mean, it's it's completely different from anything that we've seen this year. I mean, we've seen a lot of stuff happen, but this is the year where we've seen a coaching change. We saw a big trade happen, and there's more to come, right? I, mean, I think we're there. But, you know, one thing we've been focused in on so much because, you know, we, we talk about Bo for years and the trade and the valuation, but now that Bo has been traded, we're talking about the team moving its captain, a player that's played his entire career in Vancouver, a guy who was emotional on, on the video conference call with the Islanders saying he thought he was going to finish his career in Vancouver and mentioned he's getting a bit choked up as he's talked more about how much he loved the city and how much he mm-hmm. appreciated the city. What are your thoughts about, what are your lasting thoughts here about Bo Horvat as a Canuck? Did it come at the right time or should it have lasted longer? 
Well, it, it, I mean, it, it's hard to knock him and everything that uh, he did for Vancouver. And we're talking somebody that's on the verge of, uh, appears to be on the verge of uh, having a, a career year. And my, my one biggest takeaway from Bo Horvat, are, not necessarily the numbers, big on goals recently, you know, not the greatest center in terms of setting up his wingers, not the perfect hockey player by, by any means. But I never ever thought he dogged it. I never thought I never thought he wasn't working hard out there. I, and like I was saying, he won faceoffs, scored goals. Seemed seemed someone who was a really seemed like somebody who was a real team player. Maybe not physical enough for some people. Didn't drop the gloves at the exact right moment on a couple of occasions. But my one biggest takeaway from him is this, and that's that early on when he first got drafted by the Canucks in 2013. And his first junior season after that, there were questions about his skating. And I, I honestly, guys, and you, you can help me here, but I honestly can't remember many players who improved so obviously uh, in the skating department and, and worked so hard at it um, in, in, the, in a couple of off-seasons where, where you noticed, even if you don't know, didn't know much about hockey, you could really notice that this guy obviously worked his ass off to improve his skating to make sure um, to make sure he was at the NHL level. I, I thought, to me, that was really, really impressive. That's my, that's my one uh, big takeaway. Not the perfect player, but uh, he'll be remembered as, as a very, very good Canuck as the years go by. Uh, eighth all-time in goals with 201. Tenth all-time in points with 420, uh, Bo Horvat. Now, you mentioned, like, that part about Bo is, is maybe, um, for me, what was most endearing about him is there was always seemingly a, a ceiling put on him, right, when he was drafted. Oh, he's probably like a third-line center who plays well defensively, that sort of thing. And, I mean, every single year it seemed like we, we put a cap on Bo, and every single year he kept going above that. And it even lasted all the way into his final year as a Canuck. And, you know, it, it, this management group, you know, we viewed Bo as this kind of player. And uh, we offered a contract to him that was, uh, you know, uh, fair from what we thought of him and the production he had through his entire career, except this year he's been an entirely different guy. I mean, he's on pace still for, for more than 50 goals. He's just always been a guy that's consistently moved above the ceiling a lot of people put on him. Yeah, that includes, you know, what he did with his, with his skating. I know that's not statistical, but it was really impressive where – you know, he just kept improving and improving, and 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 I think it speaks to his character. And I, and I think when you're judging the trade, and I know Bo was emotional today, so you, you look at that and you say, well, he, he wanted to stay, um, but but when you look at the trade, you have to remember that he is going to be a UFA. Now, whether there's something in the works with the Islanders, I'm not sure, but you, you have to remember that. Um, you also have to remember what the Canucks' uh, salary cap situation is. Uh, and could they afford Bo Horvat, given that mistake or not? They committed to to JT Miller and somewhat to, to Brock Besser and and McKeever. There's only so much so much room there, and uh, he is a UFA, and it, it's tough to give up on a guy like that. But I, I hearken back to, and I'm not saying it's going to turn out the same way, but you know the last time they traded a captain like this to the Islanders. I'm talking about uh, Trevor Linden. It, it, it worked out pretty well, although Linden wouldn't have been a captain at the time. But uh, for me, he was always the Canuck captain, whether Messier was there or not. So I look back at history, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, maybe this works out. And I also wonder, too, guys, Lou Lamorello, 
does he still or did he still regret to this day, you know, trading that uh, pick to the Canucks back in 2013 for Corey Schneider, and that pick turned out to be Bo Horvat, and I wonder if he, he regretted it to that day, and now he's got his guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it very well may have been one of those scenarios. And, and I'm really interested to see if he does sign with the Islanders and if that's going to be the destination. And ultimately, what type of player is going to be there for a team that plays a lot differently than how the Vancouver Canucks have been playing? So I'm really fascinated to see how it goes yeah. for Bo and whether it works out with the Islanders. But in terms of this organization now, the direction they're taking, is this enough of a move for us to look at this management team and say, okay, they are taking a future approach here and they're, they're leading us down the right path in terms of where the organization is going or do we still have questions ultimately about what that direction is well always questions because it's the Canucks and it wouldn't matter who's in charge (laughs) especially this year but you know with uh, with Radtu and Bavillier they get a couple of guys um you know that are in that you know wheelhouse that they talked about a couple of weeks ago 20 to 25 year olds that that sort of thing and and the other thing about this deal is right now the Canucks would pick if they don't win the lottery, sixth and thirteenth. Um, given that there's protection twelve and, and and up for for the Islanders, but sixth and thirteenth, I think a lot of people would be. And look, I'm the first one to criticize the Canucks. I think a lot of people would be excited about that come June. And if it's you know if it if the Islanders move into the top twelve, then Lord knows what can happen next year. With maybe they, it's even higher than that for the Canucks. I think that's pretty exciting. That speaks to the future, and I think there's a lot of people saying it's about time. But, you know, you, you, you look at that trade and you say, well, where's the defense? But that was my first reaction. Like, come on, guys, you have to get a defenseman out of this. Uh, they didn't. But when I think ahead to June, and if it was 6th or higher and 13th, I think people would be pretty excited about it come, come June, especially if Horvat doesn't sign with the Islanders. Well, the thing about, you know, wanting to get a, a defenseman, you're not wrong, Donnie. I mean, this this team needs more defensemen. It's tough to, to really build around one guy, which is Quinn Hughes. And uh, it, it's something that has continued to let this team down that they can't, you know, move the puck out of their own end. Their defensemen are not good enough. They have a very expensive blue line that doesn't perform well enough. Like all of these things are true, but they also don't have organizational depth through the middle of the ice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm more about, you know, like, get the best prospect that, that you've evaluated in the deal and uh, try to figure out, you know, your your deficiencies elsewhere. The, the, the thing is, like, this team has just too many deficiencies, and they need a lot more depth uh, yeah, and, to, to build out if they're going to get to where they ultimately want to go. Yeah, and then, you know, are they going to move one of these players that they got today, Bavillier or, or Ratu? They've got a lot of wingers. Um, I know Ratu can play uh, both wing and, and, and center. Uh, I, I do wonder about that. They've got depth on the wing. We have to think somebody's somebody's going to move there. Uh, I, I would think just just you know I, that was the first thing. Like just because they've been going on and on about the defense, and they really have uh, yet to address it in a real mm-hmm. significant way. So that was my first takeaway. You know the the thing that's the most tantalizing part of this pick part of this trade is the draft pick and how that may work out. And people are wondering, you know, what does the the protected pick even mean? So if the New York Islanders finish in the top and bottom 12 this year, so they're picking in the, uh, you know, 12th or better, the Canucks are not getting the pick. 
But if it's yeah. say, you know, after 12, the Canucks may get the pick. But next season, it will be unprotected. And and one of the things about this Islanders team, you look at that team, they're old. They're not very yeah. good. What if yeah. Bo doesn't stay? Like, yeah. this could be a scenario. We, we always talk about the Colorado model, what the Colorado has done. They also got a yeah. bit lucky, right? Because they, they made that trade uh, when they sent Duchesne. But they yeah. got the pick from Ottawa, which ended up being unprotected. And then a year later, ends up being a top five pick. And they get Bo and Byram. I mean, if you're looking for the home run, that's what could happen here. Because if they do end up holding on to their pick this year and they have a bad year next year, maybe that ends up being the best part of this trade. Yeah, and, and but, but um, to go against that, how much is Bo Horvat going to help them? And yes. does that move them higher than, than you know, than 13? So that's a bit scary. I, I wonder, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, the Canucks, the makeup of their roster and, you know, how they need, need a defenseman. And there's there's so many wingers. I'm also wondering where Bo Horvat fits on that Islanders roster because you can criticize them all they want. They've had a disappointing season, and people were waiting for Lula Morello to make some sort of major move for a long, long time here. But they've got Brock Nelson at center, Matthew Barzell at center, um, Pajot as a, as a center a, a, as well, um, Sezikas. There's a lot of center ice depth there, so it makes me wonder like, who's going to move. I know Barzell can play anyway. He's such a talented guy, but... I think he's best at center. It's, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens uh, to them. I would think they would improve with Bo Horvat, but we'll see what the, the fit is. There, there's still a, a lot to be done here, but you know, there's been a lot of unpopular decisions from this management group in the last uh, couple of weeks and, and really almost their entire first year on the job here, Donnie. Um, mm. you, you think part of the negative reaction out of this deal is, is just that, a, a lack of confidence and what uh, Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford have done in their first year on on the job. No question ab- about it. And I think it starts with the J.T. Miller signing and, and the Brock Besser signing and promises of things being different, and they really haven't been up, up until this point. But again, given that Brock, uh, given that Bo Horvat is a UFA, uh, I'm not sure how much better that they, they could have done. And the, the other thing that we, we have to remember here, looking at from the other side, is that, uh, Lou Lamorello is pretty desperate, and you know there's been chance of fire Lou um, on, on the island, and didn't do much uh, in the in the summer, uh, and hasn't done much. Period with with the Islanders. I know they've had a lot more on ice success, so they were kind of a desperate team uh, as well. So you know, uh, hopefully for Canuck fans, it, it's something that will mean that they got the best of this deal, you know, going up against somebody who was kind of desperate, although it is Lou Lamorello. But, you know, last time the Canucks dealt with him in a significant way, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was that 2013 deal. And you'd have to say that Mike Gillis beat him on that deal long term. Uh, Donnie, one of the things that's going to be a lot of fun here, too, is we're going to see the Canucks play Bull Horvat in less than two weeks. February 9th, Thursday, February 9th, the Canucks are in New York to play the Islanders. I mean, uh, I don't think the Canucks are going to be naming a captain, and we'll talk about that coming up in a second, who the next Canucks captain may be, but it's not going to take long for the Canucks to go head-to-head against Bo Horvat. We won't see him in Vancouver until next season, potentially, depending on how it all breaks out, but yeah, you're going to see him in an Islanders uniform in, in less than two weeks. Well, it's shades of the Jason Stradwick Gito Ojig deal. <laughs> when they, I think they played yeah. an hour later. You know, and that was a, that was an Islanders Canucks deal as well. And then they fought, fought each other. That that was one, that was one of the strangest moments in, in, in Canucks history. But at least there's a little time to breathe yeah. here. But not, very few things are going to beat beat that deal. 
with the late, great uh, uh, Gino Ojic. Yeah, it's going to seem really strange because like you guys and so many of us have said, he just he, it just seemed like he was going to be a, a lifelong Kadak. Although we should have seen this coming with, with the Miller deal and, and, and you know, Kuzmenko last week as, as well at Besser. As far as the next captain of the team is, Donnie, before we let you go, like mm-hmm. who who do who do you think it ends up being? Is it going to be Elias Patterson? I think it will be. I think he, he works so hard. I think he provides a great example uh, for for everybody in that organization. I, I, I love the fact that um, he went through a real tough period and he's bounced back in a big way. I love the way he back checks. I, I think he sets a great example. I also wonder, guys. And this is, a, I think, a bit of a, a hint. You guys will know this, and maybe people who aren't in the media uh, won't know this. But I, I find it interesting that, and, and God bless him, you know, English is not his first language for, for Elias. And they always trot him out after pretty much every game or every second game as an interview. And, and, and he's not at a point now where he's a real, really... Um, I, I know, I know I'm re- reaching for a word here, but I don't think he's the best spokesman for the team, but they trot him out all the time. You guys know this on Canucks Twitter and, and on Canucks TV on their website. So I always, it makes me wonder, like, what, what, what are they doing? Like, he's not saying much. I think that maybe they were grooming him to do this sort of thing because, indeed, if he becomes the captain, he's going to have to answer a lot of questions. So that, that was, that's kind of a hint, I think. I, I might be totally off base here. But I, I, I think they were thinking of this. Uh, that would be my guess, getting him used, more and more used to the media. And uh, so you can say what you want about him as an interview, but I just think on the ice, when I, when I go to games, and you watch his 200-foot game, I, just, I really like watching the guy. He's a great example. You know, you bring your kid to the game, look at this guy work, and look at him back check. And I'm sure that same thing can be said of the young players on the Canucks watching him i just i just and there's there are other candidates as well quinn Hughes is a really good spokesman and a great hockey player i wouldn't have a problem with that but my guess would be Pedersen. yeah it's uh it, it's clearly a year now where uh you're seeing the passing of the torch to the next leadership group of the vancouver canucks mm-hmm. donnie uh really appreciate the time as always thanks for this you know i love that the start of this interview you always ask me what's going on and i i often say <laughs> not much that's never the case the last few weeks the last few months with, with the canucks it's been really fun in a really weird, frustrating kind of way. Uh, roller coaster of a season for sure. Thanks for this, Donnie. Thanks, guys. Uh, there is uh, the great Don Taylor joining us uh, here on Canucks Central. And look, uh, you, you can look at this season a lot of different ways, but um, it, it's clearly a year, Sat, where this management group has decided, um, you know, who their uh, core guys are going to be moving forward. Yeah. There's still uh, some things to figure out with Elias Pettersson, but uh, contract-wise, but it, it feels like that's that's part of this for me today. It's officially sort of the, the passing of the torch to the next face of the franchise uh, if it hasn't happened already. Yeah, and ultimately, I'm, I'm still curious to see who does get the C here. Like, mm-hmm. is that something that drives Elias Pettersson? Does he want that responsibility? And I think what Donnie was getting to is, is he a guy who's going to embrace meeting with the media every day? Because that's a big part of your job and being the spokesperson for the team. And there are so many responsibilities off the ice for a centerman that, that you have to do. I mean, it's for, for the captain of a team. Is that something that he wants to do? I don't know the answer to it, but I think that's something that's a fair question. Is that what he's built 
to do? Or would he prefer to kind of have somebody else do all that and be a leader on the team that leads by example, wears an A on his chest, but doesn't have to have all those responsibilities? Is Quinn more suited for that? Do they have the future captain on the roster? Because I don't think it's going to be JT. Like, I don't think so, Dan. Like, I don't think JT is going to be the next captain of the team. Yeah, I I agree on that. Um, Yeah. For, for a lot of different reasons, uh, but I also think, you know, it's it's pretty clear. It usually goes to the best player on your roster or, mm-hmm. you know, a player that is close to that. And for me, that's either Elias or Quinn. Now, uh, you think about how Quinn seemingly took a, a leadership step last year. And, you know, we know from his uh, interview with 32 Thoughts at the start of the year that, that that was part of, you know, where they wanted to see him continue to grow and I do think that this is uh, whoever gets to see. I mean, I, I don't think it's of much matter, but it's it's clear who the two cornerstones are on this team, and it's Elias Patterson and and Quinn Hughes. Uh, Pardeep has this text six fifty six fifty on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. I know he was the ninth overall pick and a Canuck for years, but his career average points per game played at six seventy six with the current season heavily influencing the stat to the upside. He's hovered around. or 0.74 points per game. The return is great as it is clearly heavily weighted on future-looking, not historical data. That is from Pardeep, who's essentially saying, you know, that the Canucks sort of cashed in on Bo Horvat's big year with this return. I don't know if everybody views it that way, but it's it's pretty obvious here, Sat, that, um, you know, with the way Horvat's season is gone, you know, he's his value has never been higher as a player and his, his next contract is going to reflect that. And that's one of the reasons the Canucks sort of shied away from extending him here in Vancouver. Well, now people who are wondering who was the better bet, JT Miller or Bo Horvat, you're going to see Bo Horvat's contract and we'll see as soon as next season, uh, who's able to live up to that money better. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, the thing with, uh, with Bo and I, I, I know, you know, he's, he's meant a lot to this team and he's meant a lot uh, to this this franchise, but um, uh, it, some big decisions had to come somewhere, and I've got uh, bigger thoughts on that to come as the show goes on. But we want to be ready for Patrick Alvine for when he speaks to media. So we'll hit the break here, and we'll hear from General Manager Patrick Alvine next on Canuck Central.